Hello, data enthusiasts. This is Chris Detzel, and I'm Michael Burton. Welcome to Data Hurls. We are your gateway into the intricate world of data, where AI, machine learning, big data, and social justice intersect. Expect thought-provoking discussions, captivating stories, and insights from experts all across the industries as we explore the unexpected ways data impacts our lives. So get ready to be informed, inspired, and excited about the future of data. Let's conquer these data hurdles together. All right, welcome to another Data Hurdles. I'm Chris Detzel and... I'm Michael Burke. How you doing, Chris? Good, man. We came into some big news over the weekend, so I thought you and I should cover it. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had a great day. I had some really good... Oh, wait, what are we talking about again? <laughs> well... As we know, uh, OpenAI just let go um, Sam Altman. And all in kind of one weekend on Friday, the board let uh, uh, let him go. And he got a new job. And that new job is at Microsoft with some other guy, right? So what do you think, man? What does that mean? I don't know. I think the, the OpenAI leadership is currently in crisis, right? Sam Altman was ousted by the company's board of directors. And then the president and chairman of the board resigns, Greg Brockman resigned in solidarity. Yeah. And then not even a week goes by and the two of them are Just, hired by Microsoft. Well, you know, I, you know, I read that the investors like Microsoft and a couple others had no idea. They knew like that right whenever it happened, then they were called. When Microsoft has put 13 plus billion dollars into this company, you know, like I read what uh, the CEO of Microsoft said, and he said, well, you know, this doesn't change anything. It changes everything, I think. What do you think? Well, he, al he also had several tweets or X's, whatever you call them nowadays, um, <laughs> saying that he was upset about this. He had no idea. And hmm. for a company that owns almost half of OpenAI, to have no involvement in that decision, just to me, it's like, what is going on? Like, was this some sort of secretive group to just try to get him out quickly? And I have so many questions. Like, why would you want to push the CEO out? Why is the other co-founder up in arms trying to get Sam out? What is happening here under the covers? What's going on? And why would you ever move that quickly and not involve your biggest partner, Microsoft, who spends so much money? doing this. I mean, you've pretty much just put cross in that relationship. And the other thing that was really funny is that OpenAI tried to claw back and hire yeah. Sam back. And the only reason <laughs> he said no is because he said the board has to resign. You know, this is, yeah. it's yeah. like unfolding by the minute right now. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. And so, you know, that's kind of both of our initial reactions is like shock and all probably the same as the entire world, you know, because Look, you know, OpenAI is the one that came out with ChatGPT and all this really neat stuff here, even as of recent, you know, in February and just opened up the world to start using AI. And, you know, now you're seeing a lot of companies because of that, try to kind of claim to do more AI and ML type of things. So, you know, one of the things that I heard, Michael, and we've talked about this on the podcast is around safety. You know, and that Sam was not, you know, thinking about safety. He just wanted to go to market. He wanted to sell, you know, just he's trying to put together 
like ways to make money off of this and not care about the safety, which I don't know is how true that is, but you keep reading that in all of the headlines and things like that. What do you think? How important is safety? Well, I think it's interesting that this idea that Altman was fired for financial or safety reasons has been contradicted by Brad Lightcap, their CEO, COO, right? So clearly this is something other than safety. I think yeah. that OpenAI has already gone through leaps to secure and be transparent with user privacy. I think they've done an incredible job at telling you and being forthcoming about what they are using to make their models better. And so to me, there's something else here that has not been brought up yet that we yeah. are going to hopefully uncover in the coming days or weeks. And I'm sure this will make for a really interesting story, maybe even a movie. Who knows, right? Depending on how good it is. Well, in the interim, it looks like they hired Emmett Shear. Um, yeah. And he was the CEO, I guess, of Twitch. Is that right? Um, yes. So what does that mean? Like, does this guy know anything about AI? I mean, do you really even need to know anything about that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I think that he's a, a tech CEO that's raised and grown a viral product. Yeah. Um, clearly talented, right? He's captured a very techie community. Um, I don't know much about him. I'm not a Twitch user, right? Uh, but I do think that it is surprising to me that they were able to bring somebody in this quickly, right? Yeah. And that all of this alignment was happening. You know, this takes months of planning, right? So this announcement, you know, however kind of dramatic and I would say non-traditional, yeah. had to have been set up for, for at least months in the making. And so I guess the thing that I keep coming back to is what do we know right now about OpenAI? They had a recent developer conference that showcased a huge amount of new technology commercializing its AI research and building upon its API business. And I can tell you that having looked into the enterprise contracts on OpenAI, like they have a very strong commercial model in place. Yes. Their timing has been impeccable for raising even more money. Now their valuation is $86 billion, right? <laughs> Better sell now. Who knows how? Which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. If I was an employee, I would be dumping that stock as fast as I had everything that invested. So it seems curious that Altman's just been dismissed from the company at this point, right after this conference that he spearheaded. The fact that Microsoft wasn't consulted in any of this is crazy and really, to me, raises a lot of questions about the board yeah. and what they were thinking in that decision. Altman had so many connections and even before, right after he was let go, he said he wasn't worried. He had a lot of ideas on what he was going to be doing next. So I think that there's still ultimately a lot of undisclosed reasons behind his dismissal and we just need to wait and listen at this point. There's so much more to come for OpenAI and so much more to come from Microsoft. It'll be really interesting to see if the scale shift right now, if Microsoft starts launching a lot more technology and OpenAI becomes a competitor, or what Microsoft is really going to do. Are they going to pull out of OpenAI? You know, is this... Or do they um, just take it? You know, right. I mean, they, right. know, they have a lot of money in it. You know, that, that'd be the interesting thing. And that'd be easily, well, that's yours, Sam. I mean, like... Uh, or do yeah. they just start from ground up? I don't know, you know, but uh, how does, how does that, so let's talk a little bit about him going to Microsoft. Um, what does like, 
compensation one, you know, I, I'm interested, you know, you, I don't think you'd know this, but what did he get, you know, from open AI? You know, did he get a, like a package at the end of the day? A lot of those guys do. <laughs> yeah. And then what is, what is his compensation look like now? You know, at Microsoft and does he report to the CEO at Microsoft or I don't know, so many questions for me. Well, it's, it's interesting. Sam was really big at, early on in OpenAI of not taking equity, right? And, oh. but I'm sure that now he's probably got one of the biggest buyouts in history. And even coming to Microsoft, I'm sure that this is going to be like a record setting um, salary that he's now getting an equity package. I'm really curious about the reporting structure, right? They yeah. said it vaguely like, oh, he's in this AI group, whatever, but what's he reporting group. to is, yeah. is he going to be reporting directly to the CEO? And also how many people are going to get pulled out of OpenAI talent that respects and follows I've already them? heard people quit OpenAI when they yeah. heard the news. They're like, yeah, I'm resigning. And I'm like, yeah, that's the core is the, the talent that's leaving. You had Obviously, Sam, and then what's that guy's name that you mentioned at the first of the podcast? Um, oh, Greg. Greg. Yep. So, and then all the, you know, could be developed. I mean, the developers and all those other guys that, gals that are part of it, that really have built the product, kind of wonder where those folks are going to go. You know, and will he offer them a job? Can he offer them a job? You know what I mean? Like, if they quit, maybe he can't. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that Microsoft has an open door policy right now. If they're, they're yeah. on the offensive, which who knows if they are yet. But if I was upset, I would have an open door policy and say, come on over. I mean, why wouldn't they want, even if they own a substantial stake in open AI, why wouldn't they want the best talent under their own umbrella? Um, I don't see any negative to that at this point. Well, I see negative to open AI if that happens. Huge. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Look, I mean, the... You know, the movie must go on or whatever you might call it, but it's got, it's got to keep going for open AI, but slow, you know, they could slow down a lot and what they're developing gives Google an opportunity to really, to say, you know what, we need to take advantage of this mess. Let's go. You know, it does. I know we got to get Matt on the call and see what his thoughts are. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, I think that ultimately a shift like this, if I was Microsoft CEO and I was put in this position where I felt like I would be really upset that yep. I wasn't consulted in this, I would lose trust in the leadership. And the fact that I went and actively hired Sam out of this whole deal, to me, sends a strong signal that Microsoft is, is much more on the offensive and yeah. into building their own technology than ever before. Um, well, look, uh, you know, when you look at how... Edge has changed in how they search, right? The open AI kind of chat GPT stuff is directly embedded into Edge, right? Think about that. I mean, that that starts, was, am I wrong? No, look I mean, at what they're doing with the 365 suite. It's in all of Office now. Yeah. You can use chat GPT to build your Excel spreadsheets and to help you write Google, like Word documents. It's incredible. PowerPoint is now coming up with ways to reconfigure slides to make them better and more efficient and have better messaging. There is so much technology coming that Microsoft can benefit from. And at the end of the day, they can either give that best-in-class technology away to all their competitors in a commercial model, or at their size, they could just say, we are the best 
at building OpenAI, and now everyone needs to switch to our products, which is almost a stronger statement in a lot of ways. And we'll do the enterprise agreements through our Azure cloud, right? Where then you have to pay to integrate into Azure if you want to be a part of this technology. Well, you know, like I always think that, you know, Microsoft is obviously a really great company, but sometimes, you know, you wonder like how they lost kind of not, not to get off completely on a tangent, but they lost the search market, right? Like Google just obliterated it years ago. And then, you know, Edge or whatever it was called before was just still never been relevant. And, and I felt like doing this kind of stuff with OpenAI and ChatGPT really opened up and was one of the smartest things that Microsoft did was invest in something like OpenAI. Now they've so heavily invested. How do you just take all that out? You know, and, and, uh, and okay, well, we want to start our own thing. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that we'll just have to see how that pans out. I just think it's too big of a, uh, opportunity for them to lose. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I don't think that Microsoft is ever going to win the search world at this point. Right now, I just looking at the stats. As of April of this year, they were 7%, right? I know. I know. Trust me, of, Google just... Worldwide search. Google's 80-something, right? It's ridiculous. So I think that, and this is with all of their jumpstart on yeah. all of these technologies, incorporating generative AI into Bing. But at the end of the day, they are going to thrive in their B2B workspace. And for large companies, a lot of the things that they've built including some of the technology in Azure, but the integrations between that, their word clients and a lot of their software mm -hmm. is a lot more appealing for many customers. And I think that is really where the place that they play, that to large enterprise and their technology is really reflective of that. So I think that the consumer market is tough. Search is something that I don't think that they'll be able to claw back anytime soon, but I don't either, certainly but... there are other areas that they have just continued to innovate on and I actually really like them as a company. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a Mac user. I'm typically a Chrome user, but over the time and over the years, I've just, I've had so much more use for a lot of the products and I still pay for Office. Right? Yeah, I do and too. As a Mac user, it doesn't even have all the functionality that the PCs do, but it's an incredible <laughs> tool and it's way better than anything that Google has built to date. And with all of these new LLM integrations, I think that Google really has to step up their game to stay competitive in these spaces. Yeah, that will be interesting to see. And so, hey, I just thought we'd get on this podcast, have a quick conversation about what happened. We're, we're both in shock and awe, but, you know, it's kind of a fun thing <laughs> in a way to see how the market. Look, ev yeah, everybody is up in arms about this. I think this is just going to be a short spout of news. OpenAI still has so many technical, talented people underneath it. They've built an amazing product. I will continue to use them. We're obviously still exploring Bard, still exploring <laughs> Microsoft, all these technologies as they continue to compete and shift. But the nice thing is that the barrier of entry to switch is still relatively low, right? Mm -hmm. There aren't very, that many sticky integrations where you feel like you're taking out a ton of risk other than some of this testing, which if you want to talk about technologies that we should probably explore in the future, I think we're going to start to see agnostic LLM testers where you can A-B test across multiple different LLMs. And I think a lot more of that's coming, right? The same way that Terraform rised up as this cloud agnostic deployment schema, mm. you're going to see the same thing with LLMs. You're going to see some sort of language, some sort of technology that comes out that enables us to 
just use whichever LLM is best based off of cost, based off of accuracy, whatever you want to play. And it will tune those things automatically. So probably do a podcast on that in the future for sure. Let's do it. At the end of the day, I think this is a blip. It'll be interesting to see how things play out. And maybe in the next episode next week, we'll, uh, we'll have an update on what's happened. So I'm sure of it. Well, yeah. thanks everyone for tuning in to another Data Hurdles. I'm Chris Detzel and I'm Michael Burke. Thank y'all. Thanks, Michael.